This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I don't know if I'm more stressed about Fantasy Island or getting Jack packed for camp. Oh, I know. It's completely overwhelming, but also, like, really exciting. I know. I'm so jealous. Like, I just really want to go to camp. I know. I'm imagining. Would I want a hard trunk or a soft trunk? I just want to, like, water ski and be nine. I'm hard trunk all the way because you can use it as a chair. Oh, that's true. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in Puerto Rico, but tomorrow Minnesota, but usually LA. And with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Liz. That's me, Liz Craft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is a life in Los Angeles. Today, we're going to talk about completing phase one of our work on Fantasy Island. Of course, there are about a thousand other phases, but it's a start. Then we're talking to Dr. Melina Jampolis about her new book, Spice Up, Live Long. Finally, this week's Hollywood hack helps keep things on an even keel and as an added bonus, doesn't let people take your power. But first, Sarah, we have an update. We are going home or wherever home is at the moment. I am going back to Encino (laughs) tomorrow. I cannot wait. Yay. I literally, if I had fireworks, I would set them off. (laughs) Imagine fireworks going off right now. And you're going to Minnesota. I'm going to Minnesota. Violet could not be more thrilled, of course, to go to Minnesota. So Liz, what are you the most looking forward to? I think I know the answer to this, obviously. But Yeah, Sarah, I cannot wait to see Adam and Jack. I have been dreaming about this. I know. What are you looking forward to? Well, I'm definitely looking forward to being at the lake. Uh, mostly, I'm looking forward to vegetables. I feel like the mm. last two months has had a significant yes. lack of fresh, healthy vegetables and also having a normal-sized fridge. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. And the 4th of July. I love being at the lake for the 4th of July. So that'll be nice. Now, of course, we still have a ton of work to do on Fantasy Island. It's not like we're done. It's just we'll be doing it, you know, remotely. Yes. And we'll likely be back on Fantasy Island in July. Yes. Um, And of course, there is much we will miss here, Sarah, as much as we're looking forward to time away from Fantasy Island. We will miss things here. We have an amazing cast and crew. Yeah. They're doing such great work. We haven't gotten to spend nearly as much time with them as we would like because we've been locked away writing. Yes, which is is too bad because it's such an amazing group of people. Um, And the show really couldn't look more beautiful and just generally kind of amazing. And then, of course, Liz, we'll miss our views from our rooms. I mean, you really can't beat it. (laughs) No, I will miss like looking out at the ocean every single moment, almost of every single day. 
Yes. But anyway, we have more to come from Fantasy Island. Indeed. And that segues us nicely into from the treadmill desk of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week it's phase one is complete. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> so much what to does celebrate. That mean? <laughs> Explain. Okay. What it means basically is that all of our stories have been approved. So this is a 10-episode summer series, and all of the stories for all 10 episodes are approved. We're not still sitting in the writer's room going, what is episode seven? Yes, and they're mostly broken. There are bits and pieces we have to break at the end, but for the most part, we have figured out the episodes as well. Not just the idea, but the scenes. And... We are done with scripts through episode five. Yeah. And we have a draft, you know, of episode six as well. So we're getting there. We're closing in. But having all the stories, it just, it feels like such a relief. Yes. I was able to read part of a book for the first time in two months because I had that psychic stress off of me, which felt so good. But Sarah, of course, phase one being complete means we now still have to enter phase two, three, four, et cetera. Oh, that's the thing. Yes. Just phase one is, you know, I I, I literally, I can't even count how many phases there are. There are many still left to come. And we haven't even started post, which is, of course, an enormous part of the job. And on this particular show is going to be very condensed and intense. So, you know, it's like, Okay, great, phase one is done, but there's so much more to do. Still, I mean, it really is important to, like, take this moment and savor that, you know, one part of this has been accomplished. Yay. Yes, yes. We pitched that last remaining story last week, and (laughs) afterward, we were both just, like, on cloud nine when it was approved and they were excited about it. We were practically dancing. (laughs) Of course, Sarah, the problem is now we have a touch of senioritis, especially because we're going home. Like, even though we know there's all this work to come, we kind of feel like we want to um, celebrate being done with what we're done with. Yes. I mean, what's kind of good is that travel days always sort of feel like they're out of time, you know? So it kind of feels like a mental break, even though <laughs> even though we'll be working. Like, when you're working in the air, it's different. <laughs> Yes, I know. It is a mental break. And we'll be excited about, you know, where we're going. Yes. It is important, Sarah, as we always note, to savor these moments of completion, triumph, victory, whatever it may be, because otherwise, why are we doing this? We have to celebrate the good things. Yes. Well, and the next thing that's done will be all the scripts being done. And we are far yes. from that. Like, yes, we are. You know. <laughs> far from that. Far so from let's that. appreciate That'll be another this moment now. of celebration. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. We will keep everyone posted on these various phases. Coming up, we check in with friend of the pod, Dr. Melina Jampolis, about her new book, Spice Up, Live Long. Okay. 
Okay, Liz, it's time for Take a Hike, in which we discuss mental, physical, and spiritual health. Today, we're talking about physical health with our good friend, Dr. Melina Jampolis. Dr. Melina Jampolis is an internist and board-certified physician nutrition specialist, one of only several hundred practicing in the United States. Trained as an internist for the past 15 years, she has specialized exclusively in nutrition for weight loss, disease prevention, and treatment. Dr. Molina's fantastic new book is Spice Up, Live Long, a guide to using herbs and spices to live a longer, healthier, and more vibrant life. It's all about how adding common spices to our diet can improve our health and longevity. Dr. Molina, welcome. Welcome. Great to be here. So your last book was Spice Up, Slim Down, and it inspired us to start putting turmeric in our tea. What made you want to write this follow-up? That's a great question. You know, I I was super excited about my last book, but I felt like because of the idea that it was somehow associated to weight control, that that really narrowed my audience. And I wanted everybody from age 2 to 102, whether you're 100 pounds or 300 pounds, to understand that they could benefit from adding more herbs and spices to their diet. So this book, I spent, I've been actually researching it since the last book came out. So for the last five years, staying on top of the spice literature. And I really wanted to focus on the aging component and not just living longer, but living better. And, you know, as I, I turned 50 during the pandemic. And so, you know, I, I really, it's more in my consciousness. And I think there's so much that we can do with nutrition. And so I kind of changed the conversation to make it really just about health rather than just focusing on weight management, which is, of course, important, but it's not the only thing. So in your book, you distinguish between lifespan and health span, which is really just expanding on what you're talking about now. It's really a profound difference between lifespan and health span. What what do you mean by that? Yeah, that's that's a really good question too. You know, for me personally, like I, I'm an older mom too. So I have young kids and and I don't just want to live to my 90s or maybe even a hundred. I want to thrive during that time, and I, and I want to be able to be active. I'm probably going to be a really old grandma, and I <laughs> want to be able to do stuff with my kids. I don't want to be, you know, have a walker or be on 20 different medications for my heart or have early dementia, if at all possible. I really want to be vibrant as I age, and and I think this has come even more to the forefront. Actually, my father had emergency quintuple bypass surgery in December, and he was really fit, healthy, walking seven miles a day. And it just really, it scared me. I'm not going to lie. And and so I really, uh, I kind of doubled down on my effort to get this book out because I wanted to really help people be healthier throughout their lifespan. And and I think not to be, nobody wants to be a burden on their family in their 80s and 90s and and not be able to go to the beach with their grandkids and, and experience all that joy that comes with reaching that point in your life when you can do things like that. So I think health span is really critically important, as important as lifespan. I'd rather have a shorter lifespan, but a longer health span (laughs) than vice versa. Absolutely. And so, Melina, how do spices and herbs help with our health span? What are just the, you know, I know that you believe in sort of simple, practical solutions, which is one of the things I love most about you. 
what should we be doing? Well, okay, there's the the thing about herbs and spices is that they have several different ways that they work in general. So you don't even have to overthink it and you don't have to focus on one specific herb or spice. You know, I really want people to eat what they like. But first of all, they're very powerful antioxidants. So what does that mean? We're constantly being exposed to stress from our environment, whether it's internal from our metabolism produces pro-oxidative products, even the air we breathe, the water we drink, the chemicals that we put on our body, we're constantly challenging our body's antioxidant system. And the majority of us don't eat enough antioxidants, which essentially are the compounds that neutralize those potentially damaging toxins to our body. So spices are the easiest way, in my opinion, of adding more antioxidants to your diet. And they're all great sources of antioxidants. So that's a low-hanging fruit. They also help fight inflammation. So what we've really learned in the last decade or so in medicine is that many of the diseases that we attributed to, you know, specific variables, like let's let's talk about heart disease, for example. We, we used to think that it was caused by a slow narrowing of the arteries over time that cholesterol formed and then closed it off, and that's what caused heart attacks. Well, that's not really true. You do have some component of cholesterol buildup, but heart attacks are caused by little pieces of those plaques and inflammation within the lining of the arterial wall that causes a sudden block off of an artery in your heart. So this chronic inflammation, it's a low-grade simmering inflammation, is going on in many of us, and spices help control that, help turn down the fire, uh, you know, the silent inflammation. So, and that's important. That has head to toe benefits. It's been associated with Alzheimer's disease, heart disease, diabetes, arthritis, you name it. All of the diseases of aging almost have some inflammatory component. And then, you know, just in general, spices and herbs are great prebiotics. So they help nourish the healthy bacteria Mm -hmm. in your gut. We're learning a lot about, uh, there's been an explosion of research into the importance of the microbiome, so all those bacteria that live within your gut, and there's this balance between the good and the bad, and what you eat can profoundly affect that balance. And spices and herbs have a really positive effect on the balance of bacteria in your gut. So on so many different levels, they really can benefit us, and it's it's so easy. I know, you know, Liz, Mm -hmm. you and I are the most adept in the kitchen, (laughs) but honestly, you know, yes, you can make all the wonderful recipes that the chef created for my book, but there's such simple things. And I was going to challenge you guys today to do another Mm -hmm. one because I know you did the, uh, Cinnamon in the coffee from last time. Yes, and the turmeric. But but we're going to come up with something else today, (laughs) and I'm going to check up on you and make sure that you're still doing it because you got to do these things on an ongoing basis to live longer. This can't just be like a a weak diet. This is a lifestyle. So, Well, Melina, I want to go back to um, what you were saying about inflammation because that, for me, is a big concern. My mom had Alzheimer's and my grandmother, and I'm just like, I want to, you know, I want to not have that or at least put it off as long as possible. So I do worry about inflammation a lot. So what, and I know a lot of people do, what specific spices are good for addressing inflammation? Because I'm going to go get all of them and just like chow down on them all day. (laughs) 
Well, you know, they're 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 all wonderful. They they all really do work well for inflammation, but there's some kind of superstars when it comes to the brain. Uh, and obviously turmeric is a big one. It, it it has multiple different modalities where it may be protective to your brain, not just fighting inflammation. It may help improve blood flow to the brain, which is very important, memory connections between the nerve cells. The thing about turmeric, and this is why we're, you know, I'm I'm making sure is it needs a tiny bit of black pepper to be absorbed mm. optimally and a little bit of fat. So if you're putting it, like, say, in a latte, there actually has to be some fat in the milk or dairy alternative that you're utilizing to optimize the absorption. So that's a very important tip. The other one that's really great for the brain is thyme. It is a very, very powerful antioxidant. And there was actually, I think I talked about this before, but there was a study in mice where they actually gave them thyme and found that within 30 minutes, they actually completed a run through a maze more quickly, simply from eating more time. So it's also extraordinary when it comes to its anti-cancer benefits. There's multiple different ways that time can potentially stop the formation of cancer or stop the continuation of the cancer cells. Because we're actually producing, because of this oxidative stress, we're damaging cells and producing potential cancer-causing cells on a regular basis. So anything that can neutralize that and basically stop it in its tracks is a very powerful thing. Rosemary is also very good for the brain. It really is the fountain of youth. It's also good for the skin. Mm -hmm. Consuming rosemary can actually help with UV protection. So again, it's, it's not replacing sunscreen, but if you think about protection from the inside out, rosemary can help help protect your skin. This is really close to me too, because I've had, uh, because I'm light hair, light eyes, I've had several basal cell carcinomas um, on my face. And so I'm, I'm upping the ante with <laughs> rosemary. I'm trying to get better about it and sunscreen. So those are some of the top ones, you know, but what I did in the book is, of course, it's all about herbs and spices, but the foundation of the foods that you eat. I talk about age accelerators, and anti-aging foods. And I think, you know, I'm big about uh, you can't just add basil to a bacon cheeseburger and think right. that you're being, you know, virtuous. That's not how it works. Of course, you can have that every once in a while. But it it really is, you know, the the foods that, you know, I, I, I read a wonderful book many years ago called The Blue Zones by Dan Buettner about, you know, populations in the world that uh, lived over a hundred, and I was I was really inspired by that. I was I was a bit disappointed that he didn't talk at all about the herbs and spices mm. in those regions because every other country in the world has a very rich history of herbs and spice use. But so I actually explored that within the book within the blue zones to try to tease out what the mm. herbs and spices in those regions are that could be contributing potentially to this longevity. But, you know, it's about having really a Mediterranean type of diet with plenty of fish and beans and colorful 
fruits and vegetables for the brain. There's a there's a diet called the mind diet. And this is really something that I, I've spent a lot of time studying where leafy greens are very important in that. And also blueberries. Blueberries actually improve connections in your brain synapses. So, you know, to really amplify brain health and, and protect yourself, including these longevity foods as well. Um, you know, fish obviously being a great source of omega-3 fatty acids. So that one-two combo of omega-3 fatty acids and something like turmeric, there is nothing better for your mm-hmm. brain. It, it will, you know, without question, thrive better. I mean, of course, there's no guarantees, and I'm not saying that we're going to prevent right. Alzheimer's, but you know, genetics uh, is a uh, genetics lo- loads the gun, but lifestyle pulls the trigger. I say that mm. a lot, and I and I really do profoundly believe it. And we should mention, Dr. Molina, that you have sixty recipes in this book developed by a wonderful chef to help us use these herbs and spices. Yeah, you know what? That's why that's another reason why this is my favorite book. I mean, not to bash on my last book, but my last book, I had a lot of celebrities contribute recipes and they weren't necessarily trained as a chef. And so for this book, it was really important for me to have delicious recipes. Actually, there's over 80 in the book. So oh, the 80. chef, Aaron Robbins, is actually the executive chef at the Soho House in West Hollywood. So I've known him for many, many years. Actually, about I start we he and I started working on the recipes about two years ago. So it's really been you know a long a labor of love over the last couple of years. And I really pushed him to focus on the foods that most people don't eat enough of. So more fish recipes, more leafy greens recipes, more bean recipes. Those three things Americans don't get enough of. There's, of course, other foods. There's, you know, flank steak and all sorts of delicious things. But I really wanted to push the reader to explore these really super longevity foods, in my opinion. And, um, and he hit it out of the park. He's, he's mm-hmm. really, really... T- I probably will not make most of the recipes in the book because they're too long and I'm too lazy. But I've received wonderful feedback from people who got a review copy of the book. And and even my my co-writer uh, has been trying a lot of the recipes and she raves about them. So maybe I'll get motivated after, after the book tour settles down and uh, <laughs> make a few of them myself. Well, Dr. Molina, we are very excited about your book. I will definitely report back on the recipes because I'm going to try some of them as soon as I possibly possibly can once I have a kitchen again and not in a hotel room. And for anyone in Los Angeles, check out Dr. Molina's body sculpting studio. In addition to all of her amazing body treatments, they give incredible facials. Yes. Liz was saying it's like the first thing she's going to do when she gets back to L.A. Woohoo! <laughs> Absolutely. And if I could give a quick shout out, I've been this is kind of a cool product. I've been working for this brand now as the chief nutrition officer. It's oh. actually black water. B-L-K. And it actually, it's very, I love it because it's so similar. It's loaded with polyphenols, which are the antioxidant, anti-inflammatory compounds in herbs and spices as well. So this is like an amazing synergy. This, it it has an ingredient in it called fulvic acid, which is 
really extraordinary. And I'm having a lot of fun doing research on this product. I'm going to send you guys some to try because it also tastes delicious. So you're going to be obsessed with it. But yeah, just a little plug. This is my uh, new area of research passion in terms of polyphenols in addition to the spices. (laughs) Oh, cool. That can replace some of my Diet Coke drinking. (laughs) Please, please, Liz. (laughs) Promise me. (laughs) And follow Dr. Melina at Dr. Melina and also at the Body Sculpting Studio. Melina, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. It's great to talk to you guys. It's always so fun to talk to you. Next up, we have a Hollywood hack that's doing nothing. But first, this break. Okay, Liz, it's time for this week's Hollywood hack. Sometimes... The best response is no response. Yes. You know, we all are constantly getting emails and texts and other incoming information. And we always feel the need, or at least you and I do, to just immediately respond, right? Whatever it is, we're like, we have to respond. We have to respond. And lately, we've been realizing, oh, you know what? We could just not respond. Yeah. And it's... I have to say, pretty liberating. Yes. Because sometimes you get emails with vast amounts of information and 8,000 questions, and some of them you can just leave. Yes. You know? Yes. (laughs) You don't have to respond to everything. And I think also sometimes people send texts or communications that are sort of intended to get a rise out of you or to kind of suck you into a drama. And very often when that is happening, the best thing to do is just simply to let it go. And it can be really hard because you feel like you have to defend yourself or defend someone else or try and clarify something. But really what you're doing is just kind of engaging in something that ultimately is just not going to be productive. Yeah. And what we've realized is if you don't respond to something, then the person will likely just figure out whatever it is on their own. Sometimes they're just getting something off their chest. And, you know, I mean, that's the thing. We all are moving through the world, like giving and receiving information and You just don't have to respond to every single bit of it. And sometimes letting something go is really the more powerful response because it says, I don't need to be drawn into (laughs) this. If, If you need to express this, that's fine. But I don't need to be drawn into it. It's the text version of scroll on by. You know, if you see something on (laughs) Facebook or Twitter or whatever and it it offends you, you can engage and just drive yourself crazy or you can just scroll on by. And that's kind of what this is. Well, and Sarah, we've also realized this can apply to in-person exchanges, which is harder, but Sometimes in a conversation, I know it's so hard for me, I don't have to be talking all the time. I can just sit there and listen and not feel the need to answer every single statement that is made. Right. Yes. And if someone is expressing frustration with something or someone, that's okay. We can just listen. Yes, we can just listen. Why is that so hard? No, but it really is true. I mean, we have been using this strategy a lot lately. The strategy of no response is the best response. Yeah. And don't you agree? It's really helped us stay sort of 
more even keeled. More even keeled and more on task, which is really important because we can get caught up for half an hour trying to figure out how to respond to something. And that's a half an hour we're not doing things that we should be doing. So I, for us, it's just we have to keep our concentration going. So it's been really great yeah, for that. It's interesting because I think, you know, we have had jobs where I think most jobs, the vast majority of jobs, if you lose half an hour to sort of a some kind of drama or discussion or that isn't really on task, it's okay. But on this job, it's really uh-huh. not. I mean, our schedule is so tight. We just don't have half an hour to fritter away on figuring out a response to something or figuring out why someone is coming from this place or that place. We just don't have time for it. So we could, we literally, I would say, are saving hours a day in some cases and just not responding. Yes. And we need those hours. And Sarah, no doubt we also send emails and texts that (laughs) other people should feel free not to respond to. Absolutely. We are also people sending these out. So everybody out there, you have permission not to respond to us. And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. For questions and comments, email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and please subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you to our guest, Dr. Melina Jampolis. Read her new book, Spice Up, Live Long. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thank you to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thanks to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Listen to the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, Do the Thing with Whole30's Melissa Urban, and Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Fain, and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group, best Facebook group ever. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Sarah, how close are you to being done with the packing? Uh, I mean... I would say 80% probably. Okay, that's good. What about you? Yeah, I'm probably about 85%. I mean, I'm getting picked up at 4.30 a.m., so I really need to be (laughs) done. Yeah, I have like all the stuff that isn't in suitcases, I have pulled out. So it's like on surfaces, you know what I mean? So I can just sort of throw it in. Okay. From the Onward Project.